This morning is the last Sunday of uh, this year, and uh, we begin uh, our study in the book of Acts. We move from revelation to activation. Every revelation God gives is intended to bring us to an activation, so it's really a a perfect flow. Uh, Thank you for being here this morning, and um, before we're done, we're going to have a baptism. So uh, we're excited about that. Amen. Um, I hope you received on the way in your Acts journal. Uh, We have one for everyone. Uh, And uh, if you yet need one, if you didn't grab one on the way in, just get your hand up. We've got some guys to pass you one. Uh, So help yourself. These are on us, and we're glad to give you the Word of God. And if you'd start with me in, it's page 6, It's Acts chapter 1, verse 1, and it begins, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Well, what he's referring to here is the other book that he wrote. This is Luke's second book. The first book was the Gospel of Luke. And so, because of the book of Acts, we have a seamless transition between the life of Jesus and the life of the church after the ascension of Jesus. There's a a seamlessness because of the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the only written record of the first 30 years of the early church. We would have no record of the first 30 years if it were not for Luke writing this book. And so this is what we're going to be digging into as we begin 2021. Now, behind this book is is the story of three years of Jesus mentoring and discipling his followers. Three years. It sits behind the book of of Acts. And I want to bring this morning the seven statements Jesus made during those three years that define true discipleship. And the reason I bring it as an introduction to the book of Acts is because these seven statements were never fulfilled until Jesus ascended into heaven. They were not fulfilled in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. While Jesus was here, Jesus gave seven statements that clarified the the authenticity of his followers, but they never lived up to it. It was not until after his death, after his resurrection, and after his ascension, then in the church, the book of Acts is full of these seven marks of true discipleship being fulfilled in the lives of the disciples. So it's really a perfect place for us to begin and build a framework for how in the world did this book of Acts happen. So begin with me with these seven marks of true discipleship as Jesus defined them. Mark number one, and it's clearly the first and foremost mark of any true disciple is every true disciple is marked by a supreme love of Jesus. 
It's mark number one of any true disciple. They are marked by a supreme love for Jesus. It says in Luke 14, 26, if anyone comes after me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, you, you listen to that and you go, what in the world? You must be kidding me. Disciples are supposed to hate their father and mother and sister and brothers and, and all these close family members? Is Jesus calling for some abhorrence of the closest relationships we have? No. What he's, he's not calling for abhorrence. He's calling for affection for himself that makes every other affection pale in comparison and even look like hatred in comparison. So there is no justification for any follower of Jesus Christ actively disliking close family members. That's not what this is calling for. But it's taking the closest of all relationships, those of immediate family, and it's saying your love for me, if you are a true follower of Jesus, your love for me will make every other love seem like hatred in comparison. It's the first mark of an authentic disciple. The second mark is denial of self. Every follower of Christ is marked by denial of self. We come to Matthew 16, verse 24. And I do encourage you to write these seven in the front of your uh, journal. Uh, there's several blank pages where you can uh, write these down because what we're going to see as we study through the book of Acts is the fulfillment of these seven marks. It, it's these seven marks of authentic Christianity lived out in the lives of these everyday people. And these are the marks that set the, the followers of Christ apart. And in Matthew 16, 24, Jesus gives three of the marks. If anyone would come after me, the first one, let him deny himself. Denial of self comes to every follower of Jesus Christ. Now, let me clarify what denial of self means. First of all, it does not mean self-hatred. God teaches us to love ourselves. He teaches us to accept ourselves, not to hate ourselves. But, but here he says, if you're going to follow me, you must deny yourself. Now, we're gonna, what does that mean, deny yourself? Again, it does not mean self-denial. Self-denial is what's called asceticism or mysticism. It's when you forego eating certain things, like you give up sugar uh, to deny, that, that's, that's self-denial. Or you can fast from things for a season, that's uh, self-denial. We're not talking about um, 
superficial things that we might give up on Lent or at a time of seeking God. That's not what this is talking about. This is far deeper than giving up sugar or caffeine or even alcohol or anything else. This is, it goes far deeper than that. Denial of self t- takes on the greatest enemy that lives with us. It's the old sin nature that was our old self. And you can put next to this Romans 6, verse 6, which says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we will no longer be enslaved to sin. So to get rid of the old self, to deny the self, is not to hate yourself, but it's to peel off the imposter of the old sin nature that is out to destroy you. And so to deny yourself is to free yourself from the old sin nature that you were born with. And that is only possible as a follower of Jesus Christ. Now the next mark of authentic Christianity is also contained in Matthew 16, 24. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. So the third mark of authentic Christianity is deliberately choosing the cross. Deliberately choosing the cross. Again, we need to define what do we mean by cross. The cross is not some unavoidable point of suffering. It's not like uh, 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 sciatica or migraine headaches or ulcers. Oh, it's just a cross that I have to bear. It's not living with an addict. Um, oh, I just, it's, it's just the cross I have to bear. I have to put up with this husband or whatever. That, that's not a cross because those things are unavoidable. If you've got a backache, so do unbelievers. There's no choice involved. But when when Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you must deny yourself and take up your cross, there's something intentional. There's something that you could avoid. And so the choosing of the cross is not just bearing suffering. It's choosing the cross is to publicly identify with Christ so that others will treat Christ, will treat you the way they treat Christ. If someone hates Christ, they're going to hate you. But you publicly align yourself with Christ. That's choosing your cross. And what we're going to see in the book of Acts is one after another. The, the only way to understand the decisions the early church makes is to understand these marks of discipleship that are now being fleshed out in their lives. The fourth characteristic of a true follower of Christ is that they continue following Christ. There's a continual pursuit after Christ. Jesus said, again in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone's going to come after me, You're going to first deny yourself, you're going to take up your cross, and follow me. The continual following after Jesus. The hunger for 
pleasing him, the desire to exalt him, the desire that I have that others might know him, it's all part of following in obedience after Christ. It's what Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, Philippians 2, verse 5, where he said, have this mind in you that was also in Jesus, who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself and gave up his rights as God. Have that kind of a mindset in you, that Jesus did not live for his own pleasures, he lived for the pleasure of God. Have that kind of a mind in you that lives in continual denial of self, continual choosing of the cross, and continual following after Jesus. Mark number five of an authentic follower of Christ is their love for fellow Christ followers. A love for other followers of Christ. It says in John 13, 35, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The love for one another within the family, with people with whom we may have nothing in common other than Jesus, we have a love for them that exceeds our love for ourselves because we share Jesus in common. It not only elevates our love for others, but it gives us the ability to, to spot the dignity of all people Amen. and to fight for the dignity of all people. It what's make, makes the church so winsome to the world around us that we have that kind of fierce love for each other. Mark number six of a true disciple is a true disciple continues in God's word. John 8, 31, it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Now the word to abide, Jesus used it often. It means basically to hang out with. But to live with, to abide, to remain, to continue in the word of Christ. Jesus taught from the beginning of his ministry till, till he was ascended into heaven. He was constantly mentoring, equipping, training, teaching, teaching, teaching. And so he gave lots of words that are recorded for us. But the mark of a follower, of a true disciple, is not one that just starts reading the Bible and then gives up on it, or who, who uh, gets involved in a study for a little while and then poops out. But a mark of a true disciple is one who continues in the word of Christ. It's amazing how Jesus elevated his own words to be equal with scripture. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciple. And one who knows that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God is a true disciple, one who continues in the word. And the seventh is a perfect one to complete the circle. It brings us back to where we started. 
The first mark is a supreme love for Jesus. And the seventh mark is the mark of forsaking all. Forsaking all. Jesus said in Luke 14, 33, so therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now, what do you think of that verse? I, 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 I've never known anyone that claimed that one as their life verse. Think of it. It doesn't say there'll be a few fanatics who follow me who forsake all. Jesus said, if you do not forsake all, you cannot be my disciple. You cannot be. Now, let's understand the word renounce or forsake. It's the Greek word apotasso. Tasso means to stand. Apo means separate from or apart from or against. To stand separated from. So you cannot be Christ's disciple unless you are separated from everything else to some extent. Now, the word submit in the Greek language is Hupo tasso, same root word, tasso, means to stand. Hupo is under. So when we submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, we are in alignment under God. We're linked to God. And when it says to wives, wives be subject to your husbands, what it means is align yourself underneath your husband. Wives be subject, stand under in support of. Call forth the best in your husband. That's what it says to wives. Well, that's in alignment with God and his authority and his appointed authorities in our lives. That's hupotasso. But here it says we cannot be his disciples unless we apotasso, stand apart from. Now, what is the term we're going to discover in the book of Acts that runs through the whole New Testament is the word saint. Saint. Saint means holy one. And holy one means separated from. We've been separated to God from everything else in some, to some extent. We've been so linked to Christ and under the authority of Christ that he has separated us and removed from us the lure and enticement of anything else in life. What this is, it's the fulfillment of, of being a disciple. If Christ means anything, he means everything. If you're a follower of Christ truly, you know that he has set you apart from everything else. Your job, your, your, your stuff, your assets, your bank account, your, your anything else around you, you've been separated. You've been declared holy, set apart from everything to the one true God. That's a disciple. And so it only makes sense. 
And the seven flow perfectly. Just follow it. Number one, a supreme love for Christ. This is what, when Jesus was asked, what was the, what's this number one commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's the number one. And, and when God's love for you in Christ means everything to you, your love for him will rise above your love for anything else. That's when, as the psalmist said, Lord, your love is better than life. When, when God's love for you becomes so supreme, your love for him is, such, is so superior to your love for anything else that your love for anything else seems like hatred in comparison. And then that flows, well, of course, when Christ means that much to me, of course I'm going to take off and get rid of my old, sinful, selfish, arrogant self so I can live now in Christ. And of course I'm going to take up my cross I'm going to choose Christ in the public arena. I want everyone to know about him because of what he's done for me. And I'm going to continue following him. This is not a little flash in the pants, uh, uh, pan romance. This is, this is a lifelong pursuit. We don't just fall in love with Jesus one day and then wonder what's the next thing we're going to get into a month later. This is a continual following after the one who did for me what no one else could ever do. A following. And a love for the, the fellow followers. A love that's active and, and working and showing itself and demonstrating itself in a thousand different ways, continually, that could never be humanly explained except for Jesus. And then a love for his word that I develop a heart that knows that, man, I enjoy eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner and a few other things in between, but I need his word even more. More than all the goodies I've had this past week is the word of God. It feeds me, feeds me. And then the last one just completes the circle. I'm separated from anything else. There's nothing that comes close to my allegiance to Christ. Now, you can read the Gospels a hundred times and you will discover that none of these seven were ever fulfilled in, the, in his disciples. You're not going to find... But you will not find anything contrary to these words being fulfilled in the book of Acts. What happened? You know what happened? Activation. Activation. The, 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 the easy thing to do would be to take that list of seven and uh, say, well, uh, I'm kind of deficient in number six. I really am I'm not a real good Bible student. I'll work on that one this year. And, um, man, denying myself, I, I, I don't do too good at that one, so I'm going to work harder at that one this year. To kind of make this a, I'm going to work harder at the ones I'm pretty crummy at. Forget it. 
If the transition from the Gospels to Acts tells you anything, it's that apart from the ascension of Christ and Him receiving the Holy Spirit and sending the Holy Spirit to activate our discipleship, that's where what everything rides on. So we come, we move from the book of Revelation now to activation. And God wants to activate all these seven in all of us. This isn't a try harder. This is, and this is not a condemnation over these four because man, do we stink at those four. This is not a condemnation. This is an, oh man, look at what I get. I am a follower of Jesus, and so I expect these seven to be called forth and activated in my life. These are all yours. If you decide today to be a follower of Christ, these seven are for you. Today and tomorrow. You don't have to follow Christ for 20 years. All you need is the Holy Spirit. He will do in you what's humanly impossible. If, the, if Jesus in three years could not get them to do these seven, how do you think you're going to pull it off? But all you need is the activation of the Holy Spirit, and these seven are yours. You don't have to enroll in a Bible college. You don't need to memorize scripture. You don't need to do this and that and a hundred things. You need to be activated. Take it. Take it. Hallelujah. No, all seven of these are humanly impossible. This is the miracle of the church. It's the miracle of the book of Acts. From the moment the disciples enter into uh, the book of Acts, from the moment we see these seven marks of their following Christ, from the moment, there's, there's virtually nothing in the book of Acts that will run contrary to those seven marks. It's amazing. God does it. But I want to just say it again. What he did then, he is ready to do for you now. Now. These are for you. Look at them. Dwell over them. Memorize those scriptures. Chew on them in your mind. But receive it. Let the Lord fulfill all this in you now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For how many of you does that sound good this morning? Hallelujah. 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 Would you stand with me right now? Would you stand with me, please? Every message in the book of Acts, and we're going to really dig into the book next week, but every, every message in the book of Acts will include a time of activation. Without it, we're, we're really cheating ourselves. And we want this to be an activation moment. As we stand on the threshold of 
finishing 2020. Will you declare the name of Christ over 2020? Will you give thanks to the Lord for what this year has held, good and bad, hard and sweet, times of victory and times of defeat? Will you declare the name of Jesus over 2020? Will you declare the name of Jesus over 2021, even before we step into it? Will you, would you just take a moment and declare the name of Jesus in front of you, going with you into 2021? And would you open your heart now and just say, Jesus, these seven marks, I, wanna, I want you to put these marks on me. Put these marks on me. I fall so far short, but put these marks on me. May they be true of me, every one of them. A supreme love for Jesus. Denial of self. Deliberately choosing the cross. Following Jesus. Loving the followers of Jesus. Continuing in the words of Jesus. And forsaking all. Put them in me, Lord. Put them to me. If you pray that prayer with me, just raise a hand and keep it up for a second. Just keep it up. Lord, you see our hands. This is our heart cry today for you to do in us what we can't do for ourselves. You do in us, Lord. Put these seven marks so deep in our spirit that others will take notice. We receive the mark of our redemption, the activation of our discipleship. We receive it in Jesus' name.